The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton, in again for Susan Littlefield, and we're talking today with Eric Kruger of Smart Yield. Eric, thanks for joining us here today. Let's start on the grain side of the conversation and a little bit of pullback again for corn and soybeans. Wheat trying to rally up a little bit here towards the grain, so let's focus first on corn. We've seen some good uprun here lately, but are we just starting to top out here in the corn market? Yeah, and I think you're seeing finally harvest pressure come in. Had a good open week this week. Um, across the belt, it looks like hopefully maybe a little moisture mid next week, but um, hopefully we can continue to see harvest progress and a uh, little pressure there, a little little weak weaker exports this week, and I think that helped just kind of all combined to, to push corn a little lower. You know, we um, mid September that September nineteenth, twentieth date. That's when guys started talking. Have we seen the low? Are we going to try and test those levels once again? Is that kind of where our area support might be? Um, I I think we got a ways to go to get down there. You know, we closed today in this mid three sixty area, three sixty six, three sixty seven area. So, you know, the lows back in that three forty, low three forty area. So. Hopefully, um, you know, maybe we could might see a little follow through next week. Uh, there's probably going to be a little less less news. You'd say dramatic news out there. I could think he could see a little more pressure on the market, but hopefully uh, the 360 area holds. If we get through that, then then I think you have to do look at it and go, hey, we're inside of 20 cents from what could have been our low. Um, but hopefully, we'll see a little support come back in in this, uh, the, the low 360 area. Now, we started out the week with a fairly narrow trading range there. We traded inside of uh, Friday on the on Monday, and then we just really haven't seen a lot of volatility come into this market, in particular in corn. Now, we've seen it come into soybeans for sure, but there on corn, when things start to get lax like that, is that when you need to be most prepared for an all-sudden kind of sporadic uptick in volatility? Uh, I think so, and it's, it's that time of year where, uh, when we start trading into smaller ranges, um, any breakout is usually is usually pursued very strongly. So if we see an, an up move like we saw here over the last four weeks, um, and supports were you know were bought very very strongly. And if we turn this market, and we're still kind of in a short term uptrend here, hopefully that holds. If that turns, um, you got to be prepared to see this thing maybe break a little harder than what we're thinking. And they, again, yesterday they saw that big sell-off coming in. Today we have China come in and cancel 180,000 tons, unknown uh, 120,000 metric tons of soybean export, yet we don't see that 20-cent sell-off today. Yeah, you know, we had that huge sell-off yesterday. It's still down 7. It's some pretty good follow-through off a big day down, um, really closing below support numbers. Um, pretty, um, It's a pretty bearish close for the week. Um, I think we're seeing pressure. Uh, from harvest picking up a little bit. We had exports really slow this week. Um, there's a little bit of fear out there that if we continue to see exports lag, no positive news out of trade talks, um, that some of the sub, some of the acreage, or I should say bushel loss that we might see what, through the end of harvest here could be offset with some lower export demand. So I think a lot of that's getting built into the market right now, um, and it's a little bit negative. As we're looking at, uh, really probably starting to think ahead, we have that November WASD coming around the corner. We do see some possible harvest damage in the fields right now. Typically, USDA doesn't like lowering these yields. So do you think they'll stay more sideways, or do you think we could see an actual possible redaction in that? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, historically, we kind of usually stay sideways. They, they, 
you know, I don't, I don't think we'll be completely done with harvest by the time we get there. So, you know, we really don't know those numbers until the winter. But uh, it, it, the way it looks right now, we're going to have some open weather. So I think, I think if anything, we'll stay pretty steady. As we're looking at it as well, let's go over now. Let's kind of talk about a market that was able to end in the green, and that was the wheat market. Uh, Eric, behind this move higher today, was that a possibility? We saw a little bit of uptick in black seaweed prices. Yeah, that definitely helped. Um, you know, I think there might have been a little intercommodity spreading as well. I think you could have seen uh, buy wheat, a little better wheat uh, fundamentals out there right now compared to corn and beans. So I think that that helped as well. Um, and we really held some support areas here. So uh, there's, a, there's a pretty decent wheat story there. It would be nice to see that continue. But I think here in this low $5 area, we're going to see uh, the market continue to, uh, to defend the long position. As we look at wheat globally in terms of supply and demand, the U.S. has has the supply, has the supply, and we've been having trouble getting rid of that. Where do we look here with in terms of global supply, though, before the U.S. kind of becomes the prime area where where countries can go to get that wheat? Yeah, I think you know usually into the winter is where we kind of become that that front and main focus. Um, we're going to continue to, you know, anticipate a little bit of a slowdown with Russian wheat exports, uh, as we've seen uh, here recently, and hopefully that continues and that pushes a little more demand our way. Now we don't have the reports out yet, but we know a lot of guys are looking at wheat. We've had a little bit of uptick here in the latter half of 2018. How much acreage do you think could switch back over to wheat this year? I think a little bit more. Uh, a lot of that, that's going to depend on weather, of course, going forward here and, and what happens with the price structure. But right now we're st- kind of still in line to see a little bit of acres switch back over, but I, I don't think it's too drastic at this point. But um, that's yet to be determined. Looking through all these factors, Eric, where in terms of where Smart Yield has kind of projected and looked at things, where do producers need to be thinking about in terms of their risk management strategy and how to utilize this current market condition? Yeah, you know, in the current markets, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, guys out there have done a decent job or a, a good job in, in forward selling earlier this year when we had our opportunities in, in you know, the early summer months. And um, if not, uh, I think on the bean market, we have to, there's a lot of guys out there that are looking at storing beans or looking at deciding on whether they're going to uh, to pay storage. And I, I think, yeah, you really have to look at the big picture and, and see if that pencils out to pay off, whether paying, paying interest and and holding those bushels is going to give you a big enough basis or futures move to, to to justify hanging on to them. What a guy doesn't want to do is, is get into a position where uh, you sit on sales and, and continually wait for a market move, and then you push up against the wall cash flow-wise. So sometimes it's better to let go of the grain and, and relieve cash flow issues and then move to paper if a guy wants opportunity. Again, we're talking with Eric Kruger, Smart Yield. We've got more coming up on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. We're talking with Eric Kruger, Smart Yield. In our last segment, Eric, we discussed a lot of grains and kind of how guys can be anticipating this market, how to work that into their marketing plan as well. One thing I didn't get a touch on, though, that I was somewhat curious about, and we alluded to it a little bit between wheat and maybe corn and beans, but are there spreads in our grains right now, whether calendar spreads or spreads between grains that guys need to be aware of? Yeah, guys need to really to be aware of that money flow, um, whether it's coming in and, 
in purchasing uh, one commodity against the other, or uh, big picture wise, and guys, right now, which is very current, is is keeping an eye on that carry and what carry's doing in the market. And right now, it's been pretty steady in the corn market and the bean market, but uh, sometimes it can give us an indicator on to what the market's thinking, big picture, and uh, where the basis might move, even locally, but not you know on a larger scale. So, you know, keep an eye on carry. Keep an eye on uh, any time we see uh, big fluctuations between intercommodity spreads. Talking about basis, Eric, have we seen some pressure coming into here to harvest and pressuring basis in a positive direction for farmers? Um, a little bit, and a little bit of that was a little weather-driven locally. Um, locally, we've seen um, some basis where we've seen some end users that needed uh, needed some grain, and that helped push push the market for us a little bit. But we've also seen it impact a little bit of barge traffic negatively, and had some slowdowns on the rail. So it's. It's kind of been a give and a take, but normally this time of year when we have our biggest supply, um, basis gets pretty tough. Let's switch gears now and talk livestock as well. Unfortunately, a red day across the board for live cattle feeder cattle and lean hogs. For these cattle, we saw a lot of sporadic cash trade happen early on in the week. Did that basically just put a cap as to these futures trying to move higher? Yeah, we've really been steady, you know, in cash here within a dollar here over the last few weeks. And, you know, there's usually in a seasonal seasonal market, we see cash kind of increase here into October, end of October, into November, and that just hasn't happened. Um, the other thing the market's looking at is this huge premium to the December market. Um, we've got uh, October cattle coming off the board here, of course, at the end of next week, and I should say middle of next week into the month. And it's going to put December on the on the front month with a huge premium to where cash has been trading. So it's 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 a little bit of a question. We've got uh, a lot more production there. It's kind of incentivizing guys to hold on to cattle and feed them a little heavier. The cattle on feed today is going to give us a little better indication of what's out there. But I think the market is set up, you know, to look at a hefty supply of market ready cattle over the next few months. And talking about that big premium between October and December, October kind of saw something unusual. It saw about 94 tenders be uh, be delivered against the actual contract, which is somewhat unheard of. If this premium continues to carry us to where the cash is, could we see that come in again once December goes into delivery? Yeah, and I, I, we'll see if the market kind of comes back. You know, the, the logical thinking is we might finally see cash come up a little bit, see the futures come together with cash, uh, and futures come down a little bit. But October has been. We've really seen, we saw really other deliveries start after first notice, and they've continued. Um, maybe the sell-off today, getting us down in the low 112 area, might, might pause some of that next week. Um, but it is something that we're going to have to keep a really strong eye on. Now that we're starting to see some weakness back in this corn market, is that back more favorable for the feeders for them to turn around? You know, I think it gives guys a really good opportunity to to lock in uh, some feed costs. You know, if we can find, you know, what could be the low 20% of where the market, corn market could trade for the year, or at least what it looks like, getting the low 360s or lower, guys can lock in some feed costs and control a little bit of that. And hopefully that incentivizes a higher cattle market. Let's switch over now to the hogs and we take a look at the hogs. They have been in that triple-digit loss territory rounding out this entire trading week. We saw those cutouts get up above the $80 mark there on the carcass. We saw it start to back off. Cash prices have also started to dwindle. Is that just too much pressure for this futures market to handle? Yeah, and we're seeing you know slaughter starting to pick up steam a little bit. Um, some higher weights. It's all kind of pressuring on this market, and you know more production isn't isn't going to help. 
So um, the deferred, deferred market seems to continue to be supported here a little bit, and I think because of the disease issues over in China, that, that will be the case going forward. But on the front months here, I think we're going to continue to see pressure until we can get a lot of these, this weight moved. And when we're talking about trying to move through that bulk of supply so we can get, maybe get back to a little bit of a fresher market, where in the meantime are some levels of support that we could cling to to uh, maybe hold off there? You know, I, I think this. If you if you look out and go, you got to hope this high this this high to mid uh, fifty dollar area can hold. Um, if you get out to February on December, you got to hope fifty dollars holds here. Um, if not, uh, it, it'd be quite a washout. Eric, as we start to wrap up here with Fontenelle Final Bell, where can folks go to learn more about Smart Yield as well to uh, start talking with you about their own risk management strategies? Yeah, you can go online at mysmartyield.com and uh, check out our website or give us a call at 308-234-6805. Again, we've been talking with Eric Kruger of Smart Yield. They're based in Kearney, Nebraska. An interesting day of trade with a lot of factors to be watching and maybe even on that grain site, some spreads to be watching. Just be aware of where that money flow is going as well. When you want the latest in ag news and market information, you make it the Rural Radio Network. When you really want to know the facts of the trading day, that's when you turn to the Fontenelle Final Bell. to the Rural Radio Network.